Hola. ¿Cómo estás? Bien, gracias. ¿Y tú? Muy, muy... Uh. <risa> <risa> You must have been on the drugs heavy today. I was on drugs. I slept like I never slept before and I still feel tired. Oh, wow. Did you still work today or no? Yes, technically I'm still working until 8.15. But I definitely took myself off the schedule of being at the office this week because that's not about to happen. Yeah. Wow. You know, when you sick like that. I know. I haven't. I haven't eaten a meal in like two days. Mm-mm. I just don't have no appetite, and I feel like I'm eating because I know I need to eat something. Yeah. And you know all the nasty, healthy stuff that you could taste when mm-hmm. you're not sick, because mm-hmm. I can't really taste it for real. I'm drinking it and eating it. Oh. So. Hey, Kiki. Hey, Kobe. What's up? Y'all, I forgot all about this recording. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not ready. I forgot today was Tuesday. I know. You thought it was Monday. That's your yeah, ass. Yeah, it feel like a Monday. Mm-hmm. Well, at least we done. All right. Mm-mm-mm. Hey guys, welcome back to So What Page You on B. My name is Shan, and this is the podcast where three friends read a book. This is season 12, so this is the 12th time we tell you what this is. But we are reading Cecily Bowen's book. All right, check her out on bathfatblackgirl.com. And we are reading Bad Fat Black Girl. And I think the book is going to be full of tea. <laughs> All right, y'all. I'm Kiki. Um, two out of three of the ensemble on So What Page We On, bitch. Um, three of the three of your cast of So What Page We On, bitch. Motherfucker podcast. Yay! Tuesday, the 6th, okay? And this is So What Pays Me On B. My name is Shan, that is Casey and Kiki. And uh, this this is the last episode of, uh, listen, Bad Fat Black Girl by Cecily Bowen. And um, for this episode, we're just going to go over chapter 7, 8, and 9, and the epilogue. Um, y'all want to do any catch up? Anything interesting going on in your adulting? Huh? You going out of town this weekend? Where he went? I said he's going out this weekend. Oh, this weekend coming. Mm-hmm. Mm. Must be Is nice. You, you... Yeah, he's going to Orlando, child. Okay. So this would be like the first time where you're really not going to have the house here until you're on there. Yeah. Um, well, enjoy. Yeah. Also, 
Have y'all tried those? Um, y'all heard? Have y'all heard about those African exfoliating nets? No. The one that you scrub on your skin? Mm-hmm. I've heard of it, but I haven't tried it. So, they're not really African. Because mm-hmm. they're nylon nets that I bought mm-hmm. off of Amazon. And it says African, but when I open it, they're made in China. Mm-hmm. But when I tell you, I feel like I got whole new skin because I scrubbed up myself with it for two days. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Back to back. Mm-hmm. I <laughs> say, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Got my skin feeling so soft. Mm. Well, I have something. It's like a, but it's like a little glove mitten, mm-hmm. and the out the outside of it is like that. And it mm-hmm. does like really exfoliate your skin, mm-hmm. but it does make your skin feel like, oh, you ain't never been clean before. Right. It's crazy. So like now when sure. I use like the washcloth, mm-hmm. like a little towel, I just be like, am I really cleaning myself with this? Because <laughs> I use the washcloth on my ass cheek, like in between my ass cheeks, because I'm not using mm-hmm. that net. In between my right. ass cheeks, it's very sensitive. Right. So I use a washcloth. When I use a washcloth, I just be like, child, am I really washing my ass with this? <laughs> Rip the wrap. Right. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's what, like, upping your hygiene levels will do. Mm-hmm. It'll make you feel like the way you were cleaning before was not it. Right. That's what it's been feeling like. It was not it. Mm. Well, I'm ha- I'm happy you have that. Mm-hmm. I got two. Mm. I said the other one would be my one for out of town. You don't get one? Just, just out I of town? I mean, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> one for the house, one for the hotel. Oh, Lord. What's been going on with you, Kiki? I saw that you painted a door or something in your house. What did you paint? Yeah, just my front door. Hmm. That's about it. Nothing else really going on. What black did you get, Kiki, for your front door? Um, I got the tricorn black from Sherwin Williams, and I got it in a matte finish. Oh, how does it look? It's cute. Mm. I like it. It's just it's a good um bold pop of color. It's dry now. I I seen y'all a picture in the group, but I, I really want to get my blonde chain first and then add my gold hardware before okay. I say it's finished. Cause those white blinds on there don't look cute to me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I want the black blinds in my house, but because I live in an apartment com- well not an apartment complex, but I live in a condo. They want everything to be cohesive, but because I live in the back, I feel like I can get away with black blinds. Because nobody can see it. There's trees. Mm-hmm. That plus the fact because I live in the back, it's like nobody even said anything about my door. My door is still white. I had that shit up there since like what May. Mm. Why didn't the owners uh, change it before they moved out? If it was what the door? Yeah. 
Child, because she's an old lady. She ain't do a whole lot of shit before she moved out. <laughs> but for the yeah. first one I got this condo for, it's like I wasn't expecting a whole lot to be done. Yeah. I mean, I got this shit for 160000 so. Yeah. What's I up, Juice? Um, what's wrong with you, Chantal? Uh, germs. I got, um, I got Anya's germs. Anya gave it to Ari. Listen, Anya gave it to Ari. Ari gave it to my mom. And then I don't know who I got it from, but I got it. And I ain't never been this sick in a long time. But I'm taking advantage of it. Um, but the one thing that I don't like is every time I sneeze hard, I pee myself. Mm. So I think mm. yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I went through like three pairs of drawers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, so when the girls came in today, they was like, "Mom, did you pee yourself today?" I was like, "I bet you told the whole school that I was just in the house peeing myself." <laughs> Oh my God! Well, I mean, you, yeah. you you are a woman and you and you had children, so it's to be expected. Right here go my mom. You need to do your kegels, sis. Oh, sis. <laughs> this this is beyond kegels right here. This is like when I sneeze hard and I don't expect it. It comes from the womb, okay? It comes from the motherland, and I can't. The only way I can stop myself when I can feel a sneeze coming is to lay flat and squeeze my thighs together and then I won't do it. But keep mm. for your vagina walls, not your, your urinary tract. Listen, <laughs> you can't tell no woman that have five kids anything. So there goes that. Because um, they two yeah. different holes. Listen, we got three different holes. Wait. Listen. <laughs> This is not that show. <laughs> yeah, that, I really? don't want to hear this while I'm eating my dinner. <laughs> I really don't. Now I'm gonna Google it because I'm curious to know. I thought y'all had the pee hole and the coochie hole. I got more. I cannot. Tiki said, "Leave me out of this." Okay, like, we'll why don't you Google it and then y'all discuss off offline? Yeah, we'll table it. We'll table it. We'll table this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll table this for our next meeting. <laughs> <laughs> y'all are mad. Man, y'all always but, go left when I'm eating, dog. Like, why? <laughs> like, it's always the worst time. <laughs> Oh my god. Who told you to eat when we supposed to be having a party? Right. You are well shit, I wasn't ready. I told you I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. I was just not ready. I really wasn't. It was like, damn. Well, I'ma just jump right in before I say anything else. Um <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so to wrap up this book. Um, chapter seven, not straight. Uh, Cecily, she was talking about, she was talking about her sexuality. 
she was talking a little bit about uh, Saucy Santana and a lot of other rappers mm-hmm. who really teeter the top. They teeter totter what being a man is, but having like their nails painted or wearing a skirt or um, really dippling dappling on femininity while mm-hmm. they're being like these hardcore rappers out here. So, so, so she talks about that. She talks about um, her mom taking how, out of pride who was a teenager. That too, which is rare for a lot of parents. Um, but I feel like as the years go by, I think more parents are just like, okay, this is my child. Cool. Come on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was cool. She talked about the treatment of Black queer people and how um, they're met with violence a lot. Yep. Compared to any other uh, group. She talked about writing notes in class with Libra Bay, which had a lot of audacity. Um, <laughs> because I'm just like, how are you trying to put a claim on somebody and you scared to come out and be who you are? Girl, that happens all the so, time. Which is sad. I think that's so messed up. That happens all the time. I can remember when I was like a teenager and I'd be talking to guys. And they'll be like, oh, so you like on a deal? And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, you want to download? I'm like, nigga, no. Um, no, you got to be download with your shit. Why? Right. Or what? Because, right. man, I don't need everybody to know my business. I'm like, people don't have to know your business. But also, at the same time, you don't, you don't, you ashamed to be you? Like, well, I don't want my family to know. And just, I'm like, what are they going to do? Right. Are they your boss? Are they going to find you from work? Are they going to kick Listen. you out of your own house? Like, what are they going to do? Listen, the same reason Ari Daddy don't want me picking her up from his house. I'm just like, y'all do know that y'all neighbors do know that Ari don't belong to her, right? Not <laughs> <laughs> too embarrassed, though. <laughs> I'm just like, dog. So one time he didn't have his truck and he didn't have, and Kia was at home and he was like, um, I can't come get her right now. It's probably going to have to be tomorrow. I said, you want me to just bring her? He was like, yeah, I can meet you somewhere. When he said that, I was like, that you created. Exactly. When he said that, I said, you know what? Forget it. I said, just come get, I said, just come get her in the morning because y'all sound stupid. Right. Girl, you a good one. You a good one. Cause if I got that address, bitch, I'm pulling up like, hey, give me my. And I told him, I, I said, I said, I said, I said let, I said, and hogging the horn real loud and screaming, yo, baby, I here. <laughs> I said, I said, well, if he didn't live, if he didn't live so far, I'd do it just to let him know that I'm gonna bring her because we all know that I already been here before, right? Right. But at the same time, I'm just like, since y'all still so stuck on saving face and now Ari the only kid in the house because his daughter went to college, her son don't live in the house no more. So if y'all not on a day-to-day basis taking a child out to a school bus or dropping a kid off for school, people know that that ain't y'all kid. Right. So what are y'all trying to save face for? And so I'm just like, okay. So I was like, whatever. I said, you can My drive thing. all the way over here to say face for if y'all ain't even married? That part too. But you know, when people caught up into painting a picture for the public, you can't tell them shit. I can't. 
But you yeah. act like you the only nigga out here though with a with a baby mom and a girlfriend and kids by somebody else. It's dumb. Dumb. Like, <laughs> I know, Kobe. I know. <laughs> okay. So that was basically chapter eight. I mean, chapter seven. Chapter eight was called Fuck These Ninks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Speaking of niggas. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> say that again. Um, let me clock out. Um, I am so not used to getting off at this time. Okay. So this this chapter, when she was starting off talking about Frederick Douglass, that man had audacity. I never heard anybody break it down like that as to how he got to his freedom and then what that woman did. Because, again, he never talked about the black woman that helped him. Of course not. This is crazy, which is like the epitome of how black women are treated now when they do mm-hmm. stuff for men and then those mm-hmm. men feel like, oh, I'm good now and they leave and they go get some other woman that could care less about it. Mm-hmm. So so when I was reading it, I was like, Fred is shit. And so she was talking about how the black woman um, that basically helped him um, built him up and he left her for several white women and how um, black women are treated by black men um, and when she said this about Beyonce and Jay-Z I was on the floor she said Beyonce is just a human being just like all of us and she was like yeah that's true don't she was like don't nobody need to be listening to Beyonce about how she redeemed her relationship Ain't nobody trying to wait two decades for a man to finally go to therapy. When I when I was on the floor, I was on the right. floor. <laughs> because why it took you that long? That's um, true though. Because I feel like they don't really talk about their relationships. Okay, so you really don't know what, what the hell going on. Right. And it just looked good from the outside, but clearly they was going through their own thing. Um, what else did she talk about? She talked key, about low key when Jay Z got with Beyonce. Didn't nobody in the industry want wanted date Beyonce, right? Because there's no way that they saw Beyonce as doing less to make them feel like they're the man in the relationship. Like, no, Beyonce... it's not even that. Beyonce, Beyonce got some demons that people don't talk about, and she was now she was trying to date Nas for a little bit, and Nas was like, uh. Uh-uh. I couldn't date Beyonce because her breath always smelled like cigarette smoke. I think I heard that on a radio show a couple years ago. Same. Same. Like when I was in high school. They was talking about that on high 97. I was like, oh. My thing is like, a personality like Beyonce would have to be as cocky as full of and audacious and I feel like JD would be her match. But at the same time, when you have two people that want to come off to the public a certain way, they going to deal with some shit. Like, every relationship deals with some shit. My thing but is like... JD's not that great of a rapper, so... Listen, and that would be a battle you would have to take to the grave for a lot of people that be on the internet. Because some people think the sun shine out of his butt. I just feel like 
he's okay at what he does. This how I feel. This is what I feel about Jay Z. I feel like Jay Z would have never been as big as he was if Biggie would have never got shot. But that's just my opinion. That's a fact. Because Biggie was only twenty four when he left us. Right. Mm-hmm. But they said that Biggie and Faith Evan was really was really supposed to be the Beyonce and Jay Z of today. They would have been. They would have if Biggie had lived. But but I feel like a I feel like a lot of people sacrificed Biggie for their careers to blow up. Mm-hmm. But that's another conversation. It is Tupac too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because think about it, all these niggas in their camp. All of a sudden, blew up mm-hmm. after they passed. Away. Yeah. <clears throat> what you call was spending the most time with him. Who, Diddy. Diddy? Yeah. I feel like and I also- had had something to do with that. Like I feel like he, of course. he kept the beef going between yeah. uh, Pac and Biggie. Marketing. I feel like him both had something to do with it. But my thing is like. After that, um, like after that whole artist relationship that he had, I don't feel like he ever was close to any of the artists like that. After Biggie, I feel like that's when he was like writing people off after he was done with them. Like, okay, I'm done with you. I'm done with you. I'm done with you. Because all of the groups that he had at that time after that, it was just like, oh, yeah, he fucked us on some money. Or our contract ran out, and then he just left us out here. Cause Biggie was a sacrifice. Biggie was a sacrifice he made <laughs> in order to make the money that he did. And now he like, I don't fucking need y'all no more. I could just do y'all for a little, for a quick. <clears throat> and then I really ain't got to fuck with y'all like that. Mm. And that's why, till this day, nobody can say who killed him. Well, now they're trying to blame it on this police officer in L.A. Chow. But that's that. Um, what else was she talking about in this um, chapter? She was talking about um, speaking about broke people relationships. Oh, and girl. when I was like, <laughs> girl, you, her list her list in this chapter, I was like, yes, yes, and yes, because nobody should be dating if they're broke, in my opinion. Right. No right? shit, I felt that. Hello. Hello. what you say, Casey? I felt that in my soul. Yes, yes. When she was like, um, she let people know up front, I need this, I need that, I need to be able to ask you for this and get it. And um, that's how she was choosing her people. I mean, if that's what you want out of a relationship, why not say it up front and weed through people? Because people lie. They Which do. is so so counterproductive. People lie to get the things that they want, though. Right. People, a lot of people tell you shit that you want to hear so you go ahead and you could be with them, but that's not really who they are. And then you know what else? When I when I uh, for the people also like the idea of things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather than than the actual action behind it. Yeah, so that list that list needs to be um, xeroxed and uh, laminated 
for many women to understand because if you met a man, listen, if you met a man and he was broke and all throughout the relationship, he's still broke. He has no, um, go get it attitude or anything going for himself where he wants to be better. How can you turn around and be mad at him for not wanting to? Right. It should have been, if he saw you, he liked you, you set like a tone, you have your things that you need in order to even consider him to be in a relationship. He go do those things for a while and you see him in action and then y'all revisit the idea, then that's when that should happen. You basically rewarded somebody that wasn't doing nothing and now you trying to tell him to do something. Mm-hmm. Same thing mm-hmm. with women. If you meet a woman and all she do is dress up, go out at night every night, you always see her out in the town, and then you get in a relationship with her, and now you want her to stay in the house seven days a week. That don't make no sense. Yeah, that shit don't work like that. We appreciate you because you did not have to be listening to this on your ride to work or whatever you're doing. Okay, none of my business. But we do have a shop. Let's shop bit at teespring.com. All right, for your t-shirts, your hoodies, whatever it is that you want from us that we got on that website. Help yourself ship it to your house and support the show. And you can also support so what page we on biv podcast on your favorite podcast app by rating us and leaving a review we appreciate you and keep on reading because some of us in the world can be dumb and not literate but the others we gotta read so we appreciate you for reading peace Men can have standards too, though. Like, like they can be picky too, you know. Mm-hmm. They can choose not to, you know. I just don't believe in being in relationships to change somebody into what you want them to be. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed Actually. to change nobody, right? Correct. People aren't supposed to change unless they want to change. You ain't got to change nobody. Ain't got no time for babysitting adults out here. Right. I mean, you could show them shit and teach them some shit, but you ain't got to change them. Right. right. You can help them grow. Right. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, so next chapter, chapter nine, was called My Bitches. Okay? She was talking about... Um, <laughs> she was talking about friendship. She was talking about men not having friends and a super is a super red flag. And let me tell you, I think it was like my seventh year of knowing Ari's dad. And I was like, you know what? Outside of the men that you work with, that you talk to sometimes, you really ain't got no friends. And mm-hmm. it never caught mm-hmm. on to me that that was like an issue because when a man doesn't have any friends, it's like you become like their vent person. You become like the person that they get frustrated with. um, The person that they talk to in a way where they don't recognize that uh, 
you don't talk to me like that or and it's it's like no level of of uh person to person that you should have when you have regular friends that should be, be able to balance you out and so when she had said that i was like yes that is a red flag because they're gonna basically basically trying to turn you into them I don't have friends, so you shouldn't have friends. You in a relationship, so you shouldn't talk to nobody about what your problems are. You should just talk to me. And the reality is all relationships are work and you can't just, you know, throw ideas back and forth to that one person all your life. Other people exist. Now I am not for like, well, my mom said you need to do this and that's why she on the phone on three-way and she telling you what to do because we in a relationship. I'm not for that. I feel like there should be some type of respect boundary, but at the same time, two people that been together for a long time, you, you are going to get frustrated and you should have an outside opinion about certain topics of discussion. It doesn't have to be verbatim what's going on with you and that person, but just like a different perspective. And when you block that out, you just create more frustration. Yeah, I can attest to that because I feel like, you know, sometimes people be like, oh, you're not supposed to discuss your relationship outside of what you're outside of you and your partner. But I feel like that's bullshit because I could be mad about one thing. I talk about it with my friends and as I'm talking about it, I'm kind of like, bitch, I'm mad over nothing. Yeah, and you do that all the time. Like you'll be like, "Am I tripping?" Da, 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 da. And then Kiki will give you a response. I will give you a response. But me and Kiki are not telling you. You need right. to say this to them. You needed to do this to them, and da 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 da. Because that's not our role. You just ask the question. Right. <clears throat> so. Yeah. I don't know. But Kobe's dad was like that too. Like he had he no had friends. No. Uh, I ain't gonna deal with no nigga who ain't got no friends. That means you're gonna be up on me all the time. Right. Hello. Hello. Right. I'm the child over here alone. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I just cannot. And my thing is, is like, you're not gonna come into my life and try to come in between relationships and friendships that, that was here before you. Like, right. you're crazy. Right. Like, right. no. And it's not. Be happy. You know, and, yeah, no. Like, that ain't my fault. You ain't got no friends. Like what the hell? <laughs> um, <clears throat> what else? Um, she talked about male friends and how most men only call women friends until they fuck them, which is true. Facts. A lot of men. A lot of uh, men will say, "Oh, that's my homegirl," or "That's my friend." And she only that because you haven't felt like you cornered her into doing something more. And then a lot of men believe that you can't be friends with no woman because every woman that they ever had a relationship with, the goal was always, let me get them in bed. Let me do this with them. And my thing is, I feel like men and women will benefit more from having relationships that are not sexual with the opposite sex because men and women think differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think that's a whole, I feel like that's a maturity level thing though, because and like, an for insecurity people, thing. For people, right. Cause for people to feel, for, for men to feel like they can't have any female friends, 
and for females and for women to feel like that they have any man friends is fucking childish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. What else she talked about? She um talked about men that gossip. <laughs> That's, a thing. gossip. That's a thing. Okay. Um Why do you tell my homegirls all the time? Let me tell you, I used to what? tell my homegirl this all the time. And she ain't never believed me. I said straight men are the most sensitive creatures out there. I said they worse than yes. women. Yes, because yeah. they always worried about what somebody else gonna think by how they say something mm-hmm. or do something. Right, mm-hmm. and they got to, they got to like bitches. Yeah, and they act like bitches too. That too. That's that's, that's on your daddy. Sensitive. I'm just like, dog. Can you shut up? Just shut up. Just be quiet for a little bit. Let me talk and talk and talk, and don't let him be drunk. He gonna call you talking and end up crying on the phone. Mm-mm. Yes. Do that? I feel like the every with straight men is that they feel like they have to be tough. They do. And, and they like, don't want to be. be tough with me. Like, <clears throat> right. chill. Right. And they always hit you with this. <clears throat> what you think I'm a? You, what you trying to say? How about? <laughs> how about if I was trying to say something, I would have said it. How about if? How about you can't tell me what I'm thinking? What are you so insecure about? Like, what's that? Bro. Um, it's always the insecurity. <clears throat> if you're on a high level for no reason. And I hate when um, motherfuckers try to put their insecurity on you. Right. Right. I remember one time. <laughs> I remember one time I was in college and uh <clears throat> we was driving around. I was with Ari's dad, and we was driving around. And he, I guess, he didn't have no money for like um, no weed. And when he don't got money for weed, it's like he turned like instantly grumpy all the time. And so if he was driving around, he was like, "Oh, like I can't do this and I can't do that." And when he get into that and he driving, I don't say nothing. And so I was like, you acting like this because you ain't had no weed in like a couple of days, like a height. He was like, I ain't, I ain't addicted. I'm just like, okay, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, sir. I never said that. But the way that you're acting, you're acting like you cannot function right. without it. And so when people act like they can't function without sugar or watching TV, or having their phone, you're clearly doing it too much. Mm. Man, when I tell that man, he was so insecure about that. I'm just like, dog, I can only call you a cat if you act like a cat and you look like a cat. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, men do struggle with more insecurities than women do, I feel. Um, she was talking about a lot of men... Yes, because they black. (laughs) I feel like black men are always um, being looked at to be this thing in society, Um, whether it's if they want to be looked at that way or they don't. Just like um, black women that have big titties or a big butt and they really don't want it, but they just have it. It's kind of like you're already perceived to be a certain way. So they feel like they need to show up a certain way. 
by what they assume you want them to. Right. <clears throat> I feel like um, black men need to go to therapy. They do. And they need more intimacy from other men. Not on some like, you know, homo stuff, but like I feel like they want to like emotionally connect with, with each other because they're alike, but but they just can't because they're worried about how they will look mm. to society. Yeah. Yeah. What you doing there? Don't you <laughs> I was just thinking, I'm just like, dog. <laughs> a lot of black men don't even like sharing silence with each other. I'm just like, dog, chill Thank out. Um, she was talking about how a lot of black men struggle with their emotions still. And um she briefly talked about um running trains with her friends, her women friends. Which I was like, Oh, excuse me. Which I definitely uh, you know, I which I definitely agree with women can run trains on men. <clears throat> I mean, I can see that happening. <clears throat> but it takes a particular man to be with it. Oh yeah. Um, she talked about. I don't mind getting slutted out. Yeah, and she talked about community peeing and how she knew the guy she was with was community peeing, and she started sharing that man with one of her best friends and how that basically um, messed up their relationship for a while, and it was just it was just mess. Um, like she knew when she was with him and. She, uh, he knew and everybody knew what was going on until it became like you treating me different because of him and then she basically was willing to choose the guy over her friend and so it was a mess that I saw coming anyway but uh, you know people go and do what they want to do and basically that was chapter 9 the epilogue um, she really talked about how she defended her book to this publisher that was like her book is not relatable to women who might not grow up how she grew up women who you know went to college have their own business doing well in their 30s and how your book is just not relatable to a wider audience and people wouldn't want to read it um and she was basically defending her book in the epilogue and how the editor that she first went to turned it down but clearly, she got with one of the top publishers, Harper, to do her book. So she did what she needed to do. So this is like um, the second book um, that she has. She has another one. Um, but for the most part, it was an interesting read. <clears throat> I would give it like a B minus. You know, it wasn't nothing in there that I was just like, oh my God, I never do that. But it was mm -hmm. like a good perspective. I feel like, I feel like she knew like street, um, street life versus like editorial. Okay. This is street life. Let me show you how to put it in this, you know, editorial right here uh, in words that people understand. And I feel like a lot of the parts that she was um, writing, she wrote in a way of maybe somebody from the suburbs may not know what this is. Let me tell you what this is. Um, but for the most part, for us, we kind of knew what most of it was because in, we didn't grow up in those suburbs all our lives. Like we've uh -huh. seen some shit. So um, 
it was an interesting read. What y'all think? What would y'all give it? I would give it a B minus too because it wasn't anything that was like, oh yeah, I I didn't go through that or that's new to me or yeah. I never seen that before. Um, it was just like an informative. I feel like if you, I don't know, maybe like like a white girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we used to all this ghetto shit, so I, I feel like maybe a, a different audience would have thought found it more appealing but I was like oh all right yeah what about you Casey I give it a strong C ooh okay okay only because I like how I like where the book was going Mm -hmm. I just feel like some chapters were very college papery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was more of a tell me about a time where you know, you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. very, a lot of it was just I, I feel like some chapters, not all of them, some chapters were just very like a, like a senior thesis. Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, like you were writing for an English class, and your professor said, "Bring bring this up about LGBTQ rights or Black women in America or shit like that." But I yeah. mean, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was just some chapters were just like an essay, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah." I kind of wanted to hear the story, like the details. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she was that's why I said for me I feel like it would have been better if it was more fiction based Mm -hmm. but you know it's her book she does what she she does what she wants yeah like if she went into more stories about her and Libra Bay it probably would have made it more interesting yeah but um it was cool it was uh not a long read it wasn't dry it was just okay 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 we got a message. <clears throat> What's going on, Chan, Casey, and Key, or Kai? Kiki. How y'all feeling tonight? What Good. book we reading? We talking pages. What's going on? I just read a good book recently called Standing at the Scratch Line. Um, Yeah, man, y'all should check that out if y'all like book readers. That's a good book. Standing at the Scratch Line. I'm writing that down. Okay, so we good. We was just um, going over um, the last few chapters of Bad Fat Black Girl by Cecily Bowen. Um, So we went over seven through the epilogue. We're done with that book. And next season should start uh, later this month, like the last week of this month. So Casey, what's the next book? Oh, shit. Hold on. (laughs) I forgot the name. Hold on, y'all. I realized that I ordered a book physically that I already downloaded on Audible. Mm, That's happened to me before, too. So I just ended up, like, reading it like I'm in second grade with a tape. 
Okay, so the new book that we'll be reading uh, next season is Don't Believe Everything You Think. Okay. Hmm. I like how that sounds. Right. Kobe? Uh, it's like more of a, like, you know, mental health book, like, you know, that self-doubt type shit that you be going through your mind, like, don't, don't mm-hmm. believe it. Okay. And we should start that on... Look at my calendar so I don't lie. We should start that. I say the twenty seventh Tuesday. Okay. And uh, that first that first episode will just like go over the the author and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that book is also auditable. So if you want to get the um the recorded version, you can. It also has okay. the version on uh, Amazon for like 10 bucks. Yes. Okay. Well, y'all, great episode. Um, enjoy y'all weeks of no reading. I don't know yeah. if y'all reading anything else. <clears throat> um, Job applications. What'd you say? Job applications. Listen, so sick of it. I'm gonna sit <laughs> over y'all somewhere. Hell, oh god, he's been quiet for a while. You better go find him. He's 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 in the bathtub, but it's kind of like a, a goddamn hurricane is happening in there. Oh no! Oh, go get him! <laughs> right, go get him for you. Got a for you got a big ass mess of Right. I put y'all on mute just to holler at him. Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we got a message. Joseph, Joseph Nugent, <coughs> Nugent. Yes. Yep. I'm gonna check it out, Casey. I'm gonna pull back up on y'all. We gonna talk about it. You feel okay. me? But I'm gonna make sure that's the Arthur uh, Nugent, right? Yeah, that's the author. I had a teacher with the same last name back in high school, and her name was Naga Nagagian. I feel like it's. Hmm. Because her husband was Chinese, so I feel like that's an Asian last name. Uh, I don't, I don't know the proper pronunciation of it, but yeah, that's it. Joseph, new nigger. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can't stand you. Oh god. Okay, well, I'm gonna download the book um, and research the author, and then we'll be back on the 27th. Uh, this episode, I should get it edited and I'll probably post it tomorrow morning. Okay. All right. Alrighty. Good night, you guys. Night. We Bye. got one more message. Oh, we got one more message. Yeah. Message. <laughs> Joseph new nigga. <laughs> no, talking like that. <laughs> Don't forget to do y'all kegels. <laughs> Bye. Oh my god. Bye. <laughs> yeah, good night. <laughs>